0: What
1: can you do with your love of science? We'll tell you. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. For our love of science, my name is Shakira. And I'm Fatu. And today we have a special treat for you guys. Mm. So we've had, you
2: know, quite a few guests if you've been with us from the beginning. Um, how many have we had so far? Like nine or ten? Yeah, something yeah, Like, like ten guests. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously all of their stories are unique and are special, you know, in their own way mm-hmm. for everyone's individual experience. Mm-hmm. But one thing that we've noticed, which is kind of interesting, is that there are some similarities and some themes that kind of run through all those stories, like just this like beautiful connecting thread.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so we wanted to take a little bit more time to kind of like dig into that and see what all that is about.
1: Yep, 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 exactly. So those are what, what are called anthologies, right? Or <laughs> for fancy. Yeah. Word or just a compilation episode that, um, yes. that we're going to be doing. <laughs> I'm here for the anthology.
2: I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> exactly. Yes.
1: So cool, cool. So, what kinds of themes have you been seeing, Fatu, that have been resonating with you?
2: Well, so one thing that I really love is hearing their origin stories, right? Like, how did you get started? What was the spark? What was the interest? So it was like the knock on the head to yeah. make you be like, this is, you know, what I want to go into. And we always ask that question at the beginning of the journey segment. Um and I noticed that a lot of our guests say their first exposure, one of their most significant exposures to science, um, was through television, yeah. which I think is, you know, pretty fascinating. Uh so for example, we recently had Joey talk about um not only storm tracking and like the weather channel, but also his love for a well-known TV show called The X-Files. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which I know you also love, Shakira. Yes, I do. And I have just started watching it myself, and I must say, you know, the first episode a little slow. Little slow. <laughs> now I'm like in episode four, and I'm just like dug in. I like, I just, and now I just got to watch the whole thing. It's, so I've been enjoying.
1: <laughs> a convert, we <he> converted you.
2: <laughs> yes, you did. I was, I was just a slow adopter, I guess. <laughs>
1: yes, it's definitely but- worth the watch
2: it is it is. so I recommend it for all of you out there who have been on the edge about X-Files give it a go I'm like one of the latest people to adopt any trend and I think this one is definitely worth it But so um even past guests, they've mentioned, you know, other TV shows. So things like CSI, which we've seen with our guest Rowena, um, or even shows about nature, like with Sarah um, and her love of squids. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, in her case, it wasn't even just shows about, you know, like squids. It was even just like squids themselves. Right. Yeah. And getting to see just like nature itself in all its glory and just enjoying that and finding that super interesting. Um, And I think, you know, this really goes to show the role of entertainment media and specifically television um in introducing children to science and really underscores a point that I think all parents already know, which is the influence that TV can have. And it makes me think even like a little bit more, Shakira, about like Mr. Rogers, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and how... Even though he had such a popular children's television show, he wasn't really into TV. Mm-hmm. But he, I think, just saw that it could be such an amazing vehicle for teaching children, you know? And with our guests, we've seen, you know, all of that is is basically true. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with all that. Yep.
1: Yes. So
2: what about you, Shakira? What themes have you been
1: seeing? Yeah. So I've been paying a lot of attention to the advice to your younger self portion, mm-hmm. And um, I guess that's because I think a lot about, you know, what I would say to my younger self. Um, And so what I've been seeing is that it seems that what a lot of the advice just boils down to is trust yourself, Mm. right? Just two simple words that describe something that's so, so, so important, but also so hard to do, especially when you're young and insecure and you're afraid of making mistakes. And, you know, in general, you just, feel like you don't really know what in the world you're doing what, what are, you are you doing i don't really know what i'm doing I'm, yeah. you know i'm trying so hard and i want to make it i want to be successful but i don't really know mm-hmm. what i'm doing yeah but you know trust yourself it's just so poignant and so true and yeah. most of us don't realize it until you know after the fact you know after after the the harrowing journey that we have so i really want to explore those advice the younger self episodes so let, um, more.
2: Yes. Yeah. Hard, hard agree. And I love it. So those are the themes, you know, that we have noticed um, throughout this amazing, I guess, season um, of episodes. But what about today? What's, what's our theme for today and for our lovely audience?
1: Yeah. So today is the first one. Um, and we're going to keep these going because I'm really loving this, these these compilation episodes, yes. um, that we're going to you know connect our guests' unique journeys through their shared themes. And so the theme mm-hmm. for today is mentors, which we mm-hmm. all know is a hugely, hugely important um, theme. Um, it's hugely important in the development of everyone, I would say. Mm-hmm. And it's been turning out to be an important theme theme in all of their stories. Mm -hmm. And so we'll hear how when discussing the mentors that they've had, how absolutely full of gratitude Mm
3: -hmm. they are
1: towards those people who helped them. And and sometimes even awe about how far that person went to help them and how much that support really meant to them. So um, Mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to getting into um, this mentors episode.
2: Yeah, yeah. And even within the theme of mentors, I feel like we have, you know, like two really nice sub-themes in there, right? So, you know, several guests have mentioned parents as mentors mm-hmm. and how important that kind of support was for them. Mm-hmm. And then there's also this theme of teachers as mentors. Um, and, you know, every single one, every single guest that we've had could name at least one teacher who is really instrumental in their development.
1: All right. Yay. So let's get started. We'll start with mm-hmm. parents as mentors. And first, we have Kelly Duncan, who is a PI of Vassar. And we saw her in episode 13, Estrogen Heals Both Sexes. And Sarah McQuate, who is a PIO at University of Washington. And we heard her story in episode eight called, The Pen is Mightier Than the Pipette. And for both of them, they have something in common, and, and that is that their parents, and specifically their moms, were both scientists. And mm-hmm. so um, in these clips, they describe what that meant to them to have um, a parent figure, a mom, who was a scientist.
4: Yeah, so um, my mother's a <laughs> professor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And a virologist, so I actually had a really great mentor growing up of what um, it could be to be a female scientist, especially a black scientist. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, that was the first hurdle. Right? I saw it. I saw it in her. I was like, "Oh, okay, so this is definitely a job I can do." Yeah. Um. So that wasn't a concern. I knew that I could be a black professor. I knew I could be black in STEM. So for me, it was less of a like, oh, a shock. And I realized it's important. Yeah.
5: Um, I think definitely, my, I mean, my parents, for sure. My mom is mm-hmm. a black woman with a PhD. So like mm-hmm. that one, I think was sort of like, I didn't even think about it, right? Yeah, I didn't even think about it at the time. I was like, whatever, my mom has a PhD. And like, looking back, I'm like, mm-hmm. like, and talking to people about, you know, how representation is so important. And the fact mm-hmm. that like, people didn't see people who look like them getting PhDs. And like, I never had that experience because literally my mom had one.
3: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that
5: was sort of like a unconscious mentor where like, on the surface, I probably wouldn't have been like, Oh, yeah, like, my mom, but like, honestly, like, she was this huge, you know, force for science and education Mm -hmm. and she got some alumni award from the UC Davis, which is where she got her PhD when I was a kid. And it was like this big, big deal. Like our whole family went to like watch her get this award. And so like, oh, I think again, like sweet. sort of showcasing the importance of education and and like science. And like, I'm pretty sure my parents wouldn't have been mad if I hadn't gone to get a PhD. Like it wasn't like I was forced into it, but like definitely seeing that as a career path option. Yeah, And like basically knowing that if I went, like basically my career path, like I wanted to be a vet with my obvious cat love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then sort of the other job that I was interested in was sort of like, I feel like if I went to get a PhD, I would be able to do whatever I wanted with that. And like, that was, that was something that was also interesting to me. So like being ah, yeah. my parents, both with their PhDs, being like, this is a viable career path. We also heard this theme from...
1: Marina Quo, one of our earliest guests. She is the program manager that we met in episode two, Salt Makes Global STEM Champions. And for her case, it was her grandfather who was an engineer, and he had a really big effect on her as well and mm-hmm. inspired her so much. So let's listen to what she has to say.
6: And my grandpa, who was like he was like the biggest inspiration in my life. He was a um, civil engineer. Oh, amazing. And I remember when he was younger, like in his early career, he went to Congo Hmm. to Mm -hmm. teach local people how to build, and local governments, how to build dams, how to like basically help with like agriculture, farmings and things like that. And I was just like, oh, I'm also very interested in like kind of, that part mm-hmm. and then I realized I'm not that good in physics so I was like okay so maybe biomedical science would be my path oh. <laughs> but like I said my grandfather was my biggest mentor in life oh. in general. Um, yeah he was such an inspiration and yeah he really kind of encouraged me even though he's not with me anymore but mm-hmm. he still like every day inspire me to be an inspiration for more people
7: mm-hmm.
6: yeah so i think there's as a mentor he gave me a lot of encouragement mm-hmm. and just empowered me to become the woman i am today mm-hmm.
2: I absolutely love this, you know, not only because it speaks about representation. Like if you look at Ke- uh, Kelly and Sarah as women in STEM, um, you know, having their moms there, but also just like the tangibility, right? Of it, um, because it's like someone that you actually see in your everyday life. Like you can touch and feel and like breathe in the person, right? They're, they're not just like some poster on your wall, you know, like maybe Scully and Mulder were for some people. <laughs> But, you know, it's nice to also just have, you know, like real living individuals who are your your role models and your mentors. Um, you see it, you know, and you live it through them and they inspire you. Yeah. And even like for Rowena, the way she speaks about her grandfather is so touching. You know, you can really like yeah. feel how much um, he meant to her. And I think that's also just really beautiful. hmm. So in the next clip, we have David Buckholtz, a program director, and we meet him in episode number six, Stemland: Future of Science. And his situation was different in that his mom was not in the science field, but she worked closely with scientists and she did everything she could to make sure her son was exposed to science programs at an early age. And I think it's also fair to say that woman had endless patience. <laughs> so let's listen to, to uh, what he has to say.
8: So my mother, my mother wasted so much money on youth programs and me. I'm so, mom, if you ever oh see this, I'm so sorry.
7: I like how it's
8: wasted. I'm so I'm sorry. Like
7: gonna, to, you're going to have to
8: go into that. She, she just spent a lot of money. So, um, I mean, swimming, karate, boxing, uh, track, basketball, football, what? buying the gear, me quitting,
6: me not oh. you wanting know, to uh,
8: so my mom worked at Glasses McLean, and Glasses McLean <laughs> was one of the platinum sponsors for the Franklin Institute. Uh, it happened mm-hmm. to hit her desk one day, and she said she came home and she said, "Hey, I'm signing you up for this youth program. Um, it's on Saturdays." Um, she's a really big mom when it comes to like cannot sleep in until 12 noon on Saturdays. You must <laughs> get up and do something like clean, <laughs> go running. I don't care. Time
6: man. is of the essence. Yeah, get right?
8: up. I could only stay in the bed unless I was, like, sick. I mean, like, with a fever, <laughs> sick. Um, so she found this program. She invited me to it, um, and we were building robots. We were building robots with nice. labels. Uh, we were really young. Wow. Um, and then it was a competition component to it, so I was very competitive. Yeah. And um, yeah. I'm like, so I'm going to build the best robot, and I'm going to I'm gonna hit nice. all the obstacle courses, and I'm going home. <laughs> <with Yes>. Trophies! <laughs>
1: Um, I, I really love this. I love how, you know, he just totally admits that, <laughs> you know, he put his mom through oh a lot, gosh. but she was just so supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, not just supportive of him, but also understood how important it was to get him exposed to these different things so that he could really find his passion Mm. and figure out what he's good at. And it Mm. worked, right? He found his thing. He loved building those robots and and found that he loves science and engineering and, got very involved in the Franklin Institute because of that program that his mom um, got yeah. him into, that his mom signed, and up, signed him up yeah. for. So go mom, gay <laughs> mom. Um, so in this next clip, we have Adrienne, who was our very first yeah. guest. She is a program manager that we met um, in the episode DIY Science with Adrienne. And for her, both of her parents were in medicine. And while she ultimately decided not to follow in their footsteps, they still supported her through her entire career journey and really got her through the toughest career mm-hmm. decisions that she had mm-hmm. to make. So let's listen to Adrienne talk about you know, her parents' support and what that really meant to her.
9: My, my dad is a pediatrician and my mom is a nurse, so they were in the medical field. I, in high school, really enjoyed science, so I always kind of found myself thinking uh, or um, I always had a strong STEM identity as well. Um, I advocate for mentorship um, in my professional life as well. But personally, I think one of the most important su- support systems that I've had Throughout all these different career changes and just through life in general, has been my family, um, mm-hmm. and I, I think that in terms of mentorship, sometimes people don't think about you know how your your parents can act as mentors as well. They're they're your family and they're related to you, but. Sometimes um, people who are close to home like that can be your, your best um, supports as you make these decisions. And I'm very lucky in having parents mm-hmm. who have been supportive of wherever it is I have decided to go or if I uh, when I quit my job without one lined up, I was so scared to tell them. Um, I thought they were going to be so mad at me and just mm-hmm. yell at me about how this was a a crazy decision, (laughs) but they ended up being so supportive. Um, And, and I think just having people who believe in you, um, especially at moments where you're like, I don't
4: know Mm -hmm. if I can
9: do this. I don't know if this was the right move. Having someone who's just like, you, you got this, you can do it. Um, You can find your next step um, Mm -hmm. is really, really powerful.
2: That's amazing. You know, I love how she points out um, that we all tend to seek out career mentors and how we undervalue the role that parents can play as mentors. Because, you know, really parents are like, you know, like life mentors for us. You know, they're the Mm -hmm. first people that you look up to, that you learn to trust, that you learn things from, like the value of perseverance, you know, the importance of education, you know, um, building like a career journey, having work-life balance, whatever it might be. Um, Um, And
1: asking all of those questions. Yep. 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 And you heard that too from, um, from Ken, Mm. right? One of our our guests as well. He talked about how his mom told him to question everything. And that really, (laughs) that really helped him to like, to think as a scientist, you know, question everything. So
2: yeah, parents are so exactly, impactful. exactly. And I also love this um because parents and family as mentors are sort of ignored, right? And we're mm-hmm. so surprised like when they actually support us in what we do, right? It's almost like an like an oxymoron, right? And we've all been in the position <laughs> that Adrienne was talking about, you know, where you're like, Oh, I'm starting this, but actually I'm not gonna do it anymore. So what it happened was <laughs> and now I'm here. <laughs> Just it's <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) you're just like sweating bullets you know and then your parents are just like okay (laughs) <laughs> I, I know I've been there before. I, and that was like, I was like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> hyperventilating on the phone call. And my parents are just like, oh, what's the big deal? Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that's family. And like, whether it's the family you're burned into or like the family you make with like friends and other support systems, you know, they grow with you. And I think that's like really comforting um, to see the support that they can offer. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the biggest effect of mentors um, that I think we've heard so far is with teachers. And we hear and we've heard stories about teachers who took the time out of their personal lives to accompany a student on a college tour um, or teachers who just took time to gently encourage, you know, these, like, I guess, like younger versions of now really accomplished individuals um, onto you know, the paths that would lead them to a successful future. And in these next clips, we have Sarah Ellenwood, Wood, uh, the editor that we saw in episode number eight, the power of the managing editor, and Aaron Jimenez, the postdoctoral scientist we saw in episode number three, Ninja Warrior scientist, and they discuss their influential <laughs> teachers.
7: Honestly, there's, there's a lot. I mean, even like, this sounds really silly, but like even my mm-hmm. second grade teacher, even though at the time I was going to be a writer or whatever, <laughs> mm-hmm. she was just the best because she really just instilled this just love of learning in me. Like amazing. she, she was just a fantastic teacher. She would ha- do these activities where, we would like go to different parts of the world and she would like bring in candy from like some part of Europe or Mm -hmm. it was just, it was just cool. Like she was just incredible. And even, you know, even I kept up with her, you know, kind of throughout the years and seen her on occasion. Like she still lives in in the hometown I grew up whenever she sees my parents, she like asked about me kind of thing. So it's
10: it's just, she was just
7: incredible. I mean, she was probably honestly the first mentor um, I'd had, but even, Beyond that, I mean, the other big mentor I had was um, one of my professors in college. Her name was uh, Dr. Dorothy bell Poley. She was my um, departmental advisor, but she was also, I mean, she was a biology teacher. And she, oh my God, she was just like, if I could just be even like a third of the excuse my language, like the badass she is. I don't know Mm -hmm. if I'm allowed to say that out here, but she she is like, she's awesome. Like if I could be even just like a third of that, like of her, Mm -hmm. it would be incredible because she not only like, she was just an awesome professor and she just cared like so much. She actually Mm -hmm. took me like when she knew, when I found out I wanted to go to grad school, you know, later on in college, I originally went to college one, go to pharmacy, but then Mm. I started doing research and really liked research. And so when I told her I wanted to go to grad school, she like drove me three, four hours to the university of Maryland over fall break to like, because she had went to UMD herself, which is where I went for my PhD. She -hmm. had went to UMD and she actually took me there on fall break to like meet some of the professor's like in the department to help me kind of get a leg up and just learn more, which I'm like, she did not have to do that. I mean, that's a long drive. (laughs) She just was, you know, she was just like incredible. I mean, she was kind of like a second mom, like not just to me, but she's also known as like everyone's second mom in the department because she's just like amazing. So she definitely was like such a huge, huge influence. Yeah.
10: I did have some really good um, high school instructors. I remember I had one chemistry instructor. I can still remember his name, Mr. Raj. He was really awesome. Uh, he helped me kind of get through chemistry and kind of realize that I could do something hard like that. I think it was just so, – he was so very patient, uh, really mm-hmm. patient with me. And he had a he had a very strong accent, and I had a hard time understanding. Um, so I would force mm-hmm. myself to sit in the front so that way I wouldn't get distracted. And so
3: All I remember right.
10: just – just being a like a C student, and then uh-huh. taking the time to ask questions and not be shy and raise my hand in class. I think that was part of it too. Be feeling comfortable with my like high school teachers that um, to be able to feel safe enough to raise my hand. I think that was always a hard part in high school. Feeling yeah. confident and secure that I was in a safe place where I can be listened to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I really love hearing these stories about uh, teachers who just go all Mm -hmm. out, right. To to help. And, you know, whether that is basically putting their lives on hold (laughs) to spend hours and hours, you know, helping a student just to get them comfortable, to get them experienced, to help them figure out the next Mm -hmm. step in their journey. That's just, that's so important and and so, and so powerful. Um, And even those teachers who just, are just really patient and take the time to make sure that they're encouraging their students, that they're supporting them, that the students feel yeah. safe, like Erin said, you know, safe to just raise your hand in class and ask a question and, and you know, know that you're not going to get shot down and you're not going to get like snapped at, that it's a safe space to just ask a question and just explore um, your curiosity, yeah. which is, you know, what education is, is all about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is these are really special relationships that we build with, Mm -hmm. with our teachers. Um, And so we have a whole lot of, of mentor shout outs, you know, during all of our episodes, really from, from middle school. I think we even have some from earlier than than middle school, Um, (laughs) you know, teachers who just made science fun for little kids, right? Um, High school and college and grad school teachers. Um, We have, thesis advisors you know grad student mentors postdoc mentors so let's just go ahead and shine a light on all of those people again
6: mentors can like they come in different shapes and sizes and yes. i think those are, those are the people who really see the potential in you and they they see where you can be and just keep you on the path and keep you motivated
11: De Browerman, my teacher, who gave me a C, also ran that course. So um, <laughs> I, went, I went to her and uh, and I said, you know, I, I really want to do this. Yeah. You know, this is this is I really. And and she said, you know, it's it's going to be a lot of work. It's really it's competitive. You know, they usually only select like twenty kids in the school to do it and everything. And you know, she she took a chance on me,
3: mm-hmm. and she just
11: even had the lowest grades, and she just said. No, I'm, I'm going to give you a chance, wow. and again, I'm going to have you in and see what you can do. And, and I, I took that to heart. It's so important. Uh, yeah, to literally. Care. And I remember it. I remember it so much. Mm-hmm. And it's honestly the acknowledgments of my dissertation. Wow. is Dr. Browerman. Thank <gasps> Dr. Browerman for giving me that chance, yeah. or else I would not be here at this point. Yeah. So. It's like you have to make sure that you know no one gets to this point by themselves. Mm-hmm. It's a lot
10: Definitely.
11: of it's a lot of people helping you, and sometimes a lot of
3: luck. A lot of luck. <laughs> a lot of luck. <laughs> My high school teachers. We had, you know, really really awesome uh, high school science teachers that were just they influenced you know people to this day that I that I'm still friends with, Yeah, still we still talk about these teachers, about how much impact they had. They love science, but their ultimate goal was to help people become what they want to become.
4: I transferred my freshman year from Johns Hopkins to University of Georgia. Mm-hmm. But I took a class on animal behavior at Johns Hopkins. Ah. And so I emailed that professor. I was like, I'm interested in grad school in this field. And to this day, I don't know why he answered me. He really shouldn't have answered me. It was a total, like, I hadn't talked to this guy in three years, something like that. Yeah. But he did. And he sent me a link. And he sent me all the schools that would be really good at stuff I'd be interested in. And, um, yeah, Dr. Gregory Ball, who I ended up having that class with when I was in graduate school. He was also a bird researcher. So I put him on my... um Committee. Dissertation Committee. Uh-huh. And then we have stayed in contact since then. He was on my job um list recommenders. He's now a dean at University of Maryland. Yeah. But uh yeah, still like I'll see him at a conference and he'll say hi to me and we'll, you know, have conversations and it literally one class. Wow. That I know at the time he didn't know who I was. <laughs> but it should no he didn't it was a huge <laughs> lecture. Like but he's a nice guy and yeah. I think sometimes people forget in our field there are some big researchers who can still be a nice guy mm-hmm. yeah. and one simple email brought one person into the field and I imagine how many times he's done that and kept people in the field because he could have just ignored me Yeah, and I wouldn't have you know it would have gone nowhere but he did it and so that's kind of how I got into research and it's all history from there
9: In terms of mentors in in my career I think I've had been very also lucky to have great uh, PIs great bosses who I've worked with um, mm-hmm. who've been very supportive which I'm so grateful for um, the mm-hmm. two PIs one um, that I worked with in undergrad Jane Metrick and one that I worked with in who I worked with in graduate school Javier Gonzalez-Maiso just giving shout outs, um, were so amazing <laughs> in in that they, they really encouraged me to pursue different projects or jump in on different things and um, and helped kind of develop me to to be able to think critically and, and focus on um, things that I that I was interested in. Um, and I'm forever grateful for that
11: the other, you know really influential mentorship is, you know, my mentor in, in my PhD program, mm. Nancy Connell, you know, I think Nancy, Nancy's another one of those that really took a chance on me, mm-hmm. you know? like
0: John Finerty was really helpful. Um, he was my like undergrad advisor. I worked in his lab for a little bit. Um, and then Roger Hanlon is the guy whose lab I worked for in, um, after sophomore year, after Mm -hmm. junior year, and then a little bit in the winter between those. Um, Mm -hmm. And he was just really, really, really helpful for me, like, um, treated me like an equal right away. And I just felt like I really valued, I guess, in that
3: lab. So definitely, obviously, Dr. Carol Lutz, my Mm -hmm. PhD advisor, for sure. She was awesome because she. It was the same thing. She was like a. She was like a friend to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was like a mother figure to us, and she would treat us like her own kids. Um, right. And when you you have that kind of trust in someone, and you don't you don't see them just as an authority figure,
1: right, right, right. It yeah. just
3: takes away a lot of the nerves and the anxiety. Um, right, right, right. And you know, if something would go horribly wrong, we feel comfortable to go to her office and be like, "Help, this isn't working." <laughs> Where I didn't, yeah. I did this really stupid mistake, and I'm sorry. Like, yeah, we would fix problems very early on before they became out of control.
6: I also found myself be, to be very lucky because from middle school all the way to um, college, I had so many science and chemistry teachers that were also females, and mm-hmm. they really showed me that. We can do it as well mm-hmm, you know right? yeah. and they really encouraged me to stay on the path of stem and brought them kind of the, what definitions of uh, what this definition of stem is mm-hmm. so it's not just people working in labs there's so many careers in stem that's achievable
4: mm-hmm.
0: a bunch of women worked in that lab which was also wonderful because mm-hmm. up to that point uh, the Marine Science Department at Boston University didn't have any women professors at all. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was all yeah. men. Um, and so, I mean, nothing, I, I didn't really, like I was again, young and naive and mm-hmm. wasn't like thinking that that was negatively affecting me at all. I was like, well, this is fine. This is just how it is. And and then uh, I worked with some women and I was like, Oh, this is great. Actually having women around is, mm-hmm. is pretty good. So um, there were, uh, two staff scientists, uh, working there, uh, Kendra Buresh and Lydia Mafger, um, and Lydia gave a talk at Boston university in my sophomore year. And that talk was the, was on cuttlefish. And it was the first scientist that I saw working on cuttlefish, um, that where I was like, oh my god, like this could be a job. Like, that's somebody <laughs> with that job that I wanted that I didn't think existed. So, and Lydia was more my like day to day check in person. Um, Roger was often like going all over the place, talking at conferences and and everything. And between the two of them, um, they were both really really valuable mentors yeah. uh, to me.
4: Um, I've had a really great uh, PhD advisor who again gave me. Um, the space to kind of find out what worked for me as a person and a researcher and just also had faith in me to keep it going. Um, she was an assistant professor. I had a family and she gave me the independence to be like, here, we have a plan of what we're doing, but I'm going to give you this independence to try some things out. Like, Mm -hmm. and it worked for me. I really ended up finding out that that's kind of what I wanted to have in my lab and in myself was this independence to find out new things and see what could work and not work. Mm -hmm. I've been very, very lucky to have a lot of mentors along the way who have, seen something in me and again this is part of that I started this out saying I needed them to see it in me before I saw it in myself right and so all of these people saw that thing in me that was like she's gonna be good we just gotta get her through it (laughs) yeah um And so
7: we took biology in like 10th grade and mm-hmm. just the teacher I had, her name was, was Mrs. Angle. She was, she was just fantastic. And she really, mm-hmm. you know, she saw something in me. Like for one, I just love biology. Like I love mm-hmm. science in general, but I loved biology. Um, mm-hmm. And she noticed that. And so even, you know, like throughout high school, she would like check in with me. We She had me do like an independent study with her, like my senior year, wow. basically, I just got to, I mean, it was basically just kind of like, you know, she gave me a catalog, like a science catalog and be like, order some kits or something like stuff to dissect or like Petri dishes to like muck around with just like getting my hands dirty, Mm -hmm. like literally. (laughs) So, I mean, that was probably, I think like the real, the real kind of.
8: I had a brother do the Franklin Institute. Um, Mm-hmm. So I, I had a brother. His, his, I still have the brother. So I don't. I'm not so Kurt is still around. <laughs> okay. uh, so okay, Kurt is now south. He is an engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, black male, from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really like my my protector. Like he would he would like pluck mm-hmm. me inside the head. I was acting stupid. Like yo, bro, stop playing. <laughs> um, so he was a big influence for me staying in the Franklin Institute and feeling like I was loved mm-hmm. and had support as a black man. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. With respect to like somebody a little top tier. Dr. Frederick Bertley, um, my boss. Uh, So my first boss was um, Michael Birch, the director of youth programs. So I reported to a director, uh, first time employed. And then um, Mm -hmm. as I grew, you know, I was like a junior in high school. Frederick approached me and he poached me. From um, from Mike, still the same team, but he said, hey, you know, um, yeah. I want to give you some serious work and I'm going to give you a new title and you report now to a senior vice president. And I was like, and he's a scientist in and of itself. So I was like, oh. Okay, it's so serious. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And I had meetings with him every week, just like, hey, you know, I want to go to school for my master's or I want to go to school, get my PhD. Yeah. And he's he's yeah. coaching me about the difference between jumping the master's and just going right to the PhD. He's coaching me uh-huh. about my level of seriousness if I want to be in STEM. Um, he's mm-hmm. coaching me about how this world will look at me as a black person man and stem. Right. Um so he was my mm-hmm. big influence. Like he he lived a really great life with a really beautiful family, a black strong mm-hmm. household, you know, I was like mm-hmm. I want to be like you when I grow up. Like you're <laughs> nice. you're the man. So
11: uh that was my influence. Marcus Jones who uh, at um you know we worked together again, you know, at Blazer Lab when he mm-hmm. was you know doing his PhD. You to into trouble all the time so what you do. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then you know he moved over to j to the j craig venter institute yeah. afterwards um, in Rockville, maryland and uh, when i was at mcgill i would do summer internships down there and work with like him it, there
2: yeah
11: uh, and then after i finished mcgill he hired me at uh at, at the at jcvi and it was a great experience i worked mm-hmm. there for about four years with him you know really learning from him eric snesrid Kathy Ong, you know, really, you know, some of my you know best friends, they, you know, mm. they they kind of like outside the lab, inside the lab, they know they know probably a little too much personal <laughs> stuff about me. Let's yeah. okay. <laughs> but but you know they, they were great, you know, Marcus especially was was a fantastic mentor.
4: My default is to not, <laughs> and so I think that all these people, and again, I can't. There's been just a lot of faculty members and a lot of colleagues who, you know, a friend in grad school has really kept me from being an antisocial loser. So it was like all kinds of weird things. Like my default is to not be social. Right. And so generally, like, again, my grad school friend is the one who's like, Kelly, you're going to this conference. I'm like, I really don't want to. She's like, yeah, we're going to go. Mm-hmm. And it was part of those things because every time I went to a conference, I had to present data, which meant I had to generate data which is it really kept me on a good schedule of always producing data and so it's all worked out in the end and it's like all of these people have given me different skills to work with and to kind of be successful with and so I've taken what they've had to offer and it's you know I was never going to be exactly like any of them yeah. but I saw success in what they did and I could use that for my own success. advise, I mean, because it's part of Vassar's Ways that we have to do advising. And so I still think that's really important. And I still probably get more black undergraduates asking me to be their advisor or at least meeting with me. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. And I get it. And sometimes they just need someone to say like, yeah, you know, you can go to med school, you're smart enough. Yeah. Or you can go to grad <laughs> school, you can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And the vice versa is also true. Sometimes they need someone to say, yeah, this isn't going to be the way you think it's going to work, right? Mm. Or that may not be the career path that's going to work for you right now. And so mm-hmm. I think that they can come to me and sometimes get a more truthful answer right, right. than they can from some <laughs> of my other non-POC colleagues. Because gotcha, I'll just yeah. let them tell them. I'll be like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Like, are <laughs> not going into med school right now. <laughs> and they know it's not racial, right? They right. know I'm just being honest. And right. so I get a lot of mom hugs graduation we We didn't think she was gonna make it I'm like I knew she was gonna make it and sometimes like I said I had a student very recently who I had a you know a come to Jesus moment with her once I was like you're gonna have to figure this out and we kind of just (laughs) talked about it and I was like here are your kind of two paths like I will support you on either one of these paths but you need to now decide how we're gonna do this and she just got into med school and so like I'm so excited for her (laughs) and like you know but it was one of those, I remember very clearly, I was her advisor and we literally had, and she's like, I know we had our come to Jesus. Moment. I'm like, we did because <laughs> you we were floundering, And they just needed that. And sometimes I can give them a perspective, especially because my father is an OB. Mm. Um, and so I have some med school knowledge as well. Mm. Um, and so I can sometimes help them along that path. And again, I feel like the barrier to talk to me is sometimes less for right. some of the students and just right, to flat right. out be like, You know, I feel uncomfortable here. I'm like, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. How can we deal with that? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that.
1: Okay. Oh, my gosh. That was so amazing. So that last clip was Kelly, who, again, a PI advisor. She's now a teacher Mm -hmm. herself, right? So now – she is paying it forward as a mentor for the next generation of students and, and molding them as as they go on yes. to their their journeys, they continue their journeys. Yeah. So it's it's beautiful that it's come full circle yes. and now, you know, she's mentoring. So I love it. Um, what do you what did you think?
2: Yeah, you know, I have like all the feels right now listening to that. I just want to just go somewhere and cry like happy tears because these stories are just like so touching and you just, you like really feel the emotion, you know, that's attached with that and how important and special um, these individuals are in the um, in the lives of um, all of our guests. Um, yeah. But I feel like if I had to summarize what we've heard from our guests, I would say one, trust yourself, yeah. two, mentors make it happen, oh, yeah. and three, pay Pay it forward.
1: Pay it forward. Pay it forward. Yes, ma'am. Cool. Awesome. So great. Thank you so much, Fatu, for sharing this first compilation episode with me. (laughs) As I said, we're going to keep these coming because these are a lot of fun and everything that we're learning is so important for us. Like I learned so much just listening to these people talk about their lives. So we hope that you learned um, as much from it as we did. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, like, and share with your colleagues, with your family, with your friends. And as always, you can reach out to us at lovesciencepodcast at gmail.com. So until next time, Bye. bye, everybody.